Hey, everybody. Happy Sunday. Here we are. Sunday service on uh, basically March, man. Holy cow. The year has gone by fast. And today we've got a special guest, Noah Hoffman. He was on here last week with Cody Barton. What's up, Noah? How you doing, brother? I'm good. Hey, Good to see you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. So guys, today um, I actually gave Cody the day off. And the reason being is the last couple of Sunday services, he handled them entirely on his own. One of them was my birthday and another one, I had a little snafu on a mountain, and uh, I was basically a big sissy and asked uh, Cody to fill in for me. And today, we're going to jump into some seller finance. We're going to jump into some case study. We're going to jump into some Airbnb. I think one of the things people really, really need in this business are real-life stories, start to finish, A to Z. The things that really impact people are not little snippets or little inspirational quotes. It's the things that people say, okay, well, where did the lead come from? Okay, great. Well, how does that work? Okay, well, where does the money go? Okay, where does the money come from? Those types of questions, that is what Sunday service is all about. So today on Sunday service, I brought on Noah Hoffman. Noah, I believe you live in Oakland area. Where do you live? Um, El Cerrito, just north of Berkeley, um, across the bridge from San Francisco. Cool. So let me tell you guys how I met Noah and why he's important to this show. Noah is a sub two student. So last year when I launched my sub two mentorship, uh, by the way, guys, let me thank you all for coming. We've got over a hundred people already tuning in. Typically we get between 405 people watching this live. So please do me a favor, like, share, comment. We're going to comment. We're going to get into some questions. And the main reason why, the main reason why Noah is off on here today is because I want to let you guys know how I changed my mind on one of my exit strategies the day I met Noah. In my sub two mentorship, I launched it back in May, June of last year. It went crazy because I, I believe we just absolutely over deliver in that mentorship and it just gone crazy. We, we, it still is going crazy. We have over a hundred people apply a day and we only have about five people that we let in per day. So, um, very, very popular mentorship, but I, I decided during COVID, I said, I got to get out. I got to get out and start meeting my students face-to-face. -face. So my wife, my kids, and myself went on a road trip and we were taking our Airstream. And about two months into our road trip, we run into San Francisco area. And all of the sub two students in the San Francisco area said, hey, Pace, let's get a dinner together. Let's all go hang out. And it was so fun. We had about 70 of the students show up and Basically, Ty, who obviously Noah, you know Ty. Ty books out a pizza joint on the back patio, totally COVID friendly. It was amazing. We pulled that off during the height of COVID. And then uh, that next day, I was making a departure up to Sacramento. And Noah says, hey, would you be willing to get together and do like a smaller meet and greet with like some of the students that weren't able to make it? And I said, absolutely. So Noah hooks it up at um, a property, him and his partner share up in Berkeley, California. And the next day we hung out and he was talking about talking to me. He said, so what, what kind of properties are you doing? What kind of houses do you have in the pipeline? I said, well, no, I just bought this property in, in Vegas. I think I'm going to turn it into a corporate rental. And he goes, well, why would you turn that into a corporate rental? Why don't you turn it into an Airbnb? I go, well, because I don't really have somebody that would manage an Airbnb for me outside of the state. I also don't think I can do an Airbnb in this HOA. And Noah says, dude, let me look into it. 
So literally, I've met Noah. I've known Noah in less than 24 hours at this time. The dude books a flight. Okay, he books a flight from Berkeley. Well, obviously, San Francisco. Flies out from San Francisco out to Vegas. Sets up this Airbnb. He, go, he goes, uh, actually, you never called me, bro, which is one of the most impressive things about you. It is amazing. We've been doing business to, together now for a year, Noah, and you and I have probably spoken... <laughs> way less than you've spoken to my bookkeeper. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. So Noah handles his business. I am so impressed by this guy. Basically what he does is he flies in, he gets the utility set up in his company name. He gets the HOA set up. He's all like gets the furniture at discounts. He goes around and he orders the furniture, gets it all set up at the house and then boom, gets my Airbnbs filled up. Dude, you have crushed it for me. I am so impressed by you. Um, that one Airbnb, the first one that you did for me a year ago, that thing nets me about 1500 bucks a month, which is amazing. Amazing. And I, I, I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. I probably have spent less than 10 hours in the entire last year, even thinking about it. And I have not even spent 30 minutes even dealing with it whatsoever. So I thank you for being a professional. I thank you for being absolutely amazing. And guys, that's why I have Noah on here today, because Noah is actually setting up another Airbnb for me um, coming up in the next probably 30 to 45 days, a property that we just closed escrow on Tuesday. And so we wanted to deep dive into it today. We wanted to talk about, um, you know, what does it take to get these deals? How do we structure them? What do the documents look like? And then really, I wanted to talk, have Noah on here because he's the Airbnb guy, right? I, he's, he's the one guy that made me change my mind on Airbnb. So Noah, why don't you, why don't we give the, the audience a pause on my voice for a minute? Tell everybody, how did you get into Airbnb? Did you learn it from a mentor? Um, had you, have you been doing it for 20 years? Have you been doing it for two years? What's the story there? And what's your over, overall philosophy? And when I say philosophy, what's your goal for the next five years with your Airbnb business? Is it solely managing other people's stuff or are you building out your own Airbnbs as well? Yeah. Um, thanks. Um, thanks, Pace. Um, so I started eight years ago. My uncle flew in to town for my sister's wedding. He says, I, my daughter bought me and uh, paid for an Airbnb. And I was like, what's that? I looked it up. I found out I had a friend, an older friend who owns uh, rental properties in Berkeley. And he had a vacant unit. Airbnb was fresh in my mind. I said, hey, let me manage this unit. Let's set it up. Let me manage it for you. He said, okay. We, we furnished it. We put it online. Guests started coming and they just never stopped coming. You know, Air, so, so my big secret is Airbnb is the ultimate marketing machine. Like they keep the guests coming. I don't have to do that part. It's like, basically it's like Airbnb is a brand name like Holiday Inn or Hilton. And when you put, when you list your property on Airbnb, it's like, it's a, another room in there in their company. I, um, I started managing five units for him and in other people, it was all word of mouth. I eventually went up to, you know, now I'm up, up about 30 units. Um, I own seven doors. I started buying properties. That was my big thing. That's how I uh, ran into you. So um, I think grit and drive is a big part. Uh, it, was a, it was just over a year ago. I decided I wanted to, cause I used to be, I was getting my properties conventional conventional loans, very difficult. I started hitting brick walls. 
I wanted to learn. I heard about wholesaling. I took a three hour drive for one meetup in Fresno. I met Stratton through Stratton. Stratton <laughs> Brown. I met you in sub two through you. I met Ty, who you mentioned earlier, uh, Ty LG, who, who's been really helping me with my ground game with wholesaling right here in the Bay. So um, that's how we've been putting it together. I meant, so now there's three models. There's management, I manage for other owners, ownership, and arbitrage. Arbitrage is when I rent a property from someone else and um, you know put it on Airbnb. So I do all three models, but I, I kind of decided to, to back out of arbitrage. I didn't want to invest too much into other people's properties. So I'm, I'm interested in managing and ownership. And, and the new one is JV. I'm JVing with uh, some of your students who I've met here in sub two. Some of our students, bro. Come on. It's our community. You know that. Our students. Yeah. Our brother, (laughs) our brothers, including Rudy Barrera, lovely, you know, uh, Gerald Rojas and now Rafael Roman, you know, they they bring deals. We, we JV. Uh, Is is Rafael, Rafael's in Florida, right? He's in uh, New Jersey, but he, he came to the Bay Ridge. He's, he's visiting here. He's probably watching. He's in he's in the San Francisco right now, but he's, he's it, in New it. Jersey. Mm-hmm. I just saw him last week for the mastermind. Good to see Chuck Billy and a bunch of other people that came out for the mastermind last week. It was epic. Um, so, okay. So I, I've never re- quite understood arbitrage. And the reason being is I think I, I look at arbitrage. Let's talk about that for anybody who doesn't know what arbitrage means. It means basically I'm going to take somebody else's house, rent it from them. I'm not going to buy it. Maybe I have an option to buy it or something along those lines. But to, all I'm doing is literally taking it, renting it for, let's say, 1500 bucks, And then I turn around and I Airbnb it for $3,600. And after management and utilities and all the things, I might make 1000 bucks, which is great. You know, $1,000 without actually having to buy the property is amazing. But, you know, Noah, if you look at the deals that you're managing for me, you're going to be managing... Whispering Grove, you've got the one in Dallas you guys are currently working on. You've got the one in Glendale for me. You've got Sonnet. And then we've got the one um, in Atlanta that the tenant should be moving out in March. So all of those properties I bought with no credit, right? Obviously, that's why creative finance is so powerful. I look at that model as the model, but the people that don't quite understand creative finance, I could see how arbitrage would be attractive. But once you understand creative finance, it's hard, it's kind of hard to justify buying furniture and setting up utilities and all this kind of stuff on a property you don't own, right? Right. Um, so arbitrage is, I make more money on arbitrage than I do on management, but there's also risk. I have to put, I have, not just risk, I have to upfront capital, you know, 10, 15,000 to get it started. I have to give them one month rent plus maybe a half or one month of deposit and then furnish it. So arbitrage in the Bay Area, it's least profitable, very slim margins. That's where I learned though, that's that's a big part of why I, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything out of town. I had to learn how to manage remotely because the profits were so tight in the Bay Area. Love it. So guys, we're gonna get into um, a property that I just recently purchased with uh, Cody, my partner, Cody. Um, it came from, let's talk about where you guys think. Guys, give me some love in, in the comments. Where do you guys think this lead came from? I want to see you guys guessing. Where did the lead lead come from? You guys think it's text? Do you think it's cold call? You think it's door knocking? You think it's driving for dollars? Where do you think this lead came from? Let's start from that point. And while I see the comments fill up, 
then I'll jump in and give the answer. So Noah, for you, um, you've got a property right now that you're doing for me in Dallas. And we're not going to deep dive on Dallas quite yet. Maybe I'll have you come back on in a month or two after that one's stabilized and going. Um, oh, Katie Fisher. Look who it, Katie Fisher is in my comments. Katie Fisher is where the lead came from, guys. It's a wholesaler. Okay. Katie, well, she originally started out as a, a wholesaler and she's in my local market. And we were helping Katie convert her dead leads or her leads that were really challenging. We partnered with her on a couple of fix and flips and we showed her the ropes on some of those things. And man alive, Katie and Jack absolutely take massive action. And so through lists that we gave Katie and all the effort that she had um, put in, Katie ran into this lady named June. And this lady named June, I don't know how many properties I'll buy you know, collectively from her. I think we're probably, I think the goal is 50 properties from June this year, but it came from a wholesaler. Katie was a wholesaler before she learned creative finance from me. And she's like, hey, I don't know what to do with these leads. And I'm like, I'm a buyer, I'm a buyer, I'm a buyer, I'm a buyer. And so she's done a great job. She actually, Katie was with me. Um, the first appointment Katie ever went to with me uh, creatively, I closed the lady at 0% seller finance. The lady originally wanted 8% seller finance, $20,000 down. And we got her at 0% interest with $10,000 down. And the $10,000 was given to her over the course of a year rather than upfront. Okay. So it came from Katie cold calling. Katie is a great cold caller, very consistent. She then calls me and she's got, she goes, Hey, I've got this seller that wants basically full retail. Hey, there's Raphael right there in the comments, by the way. And um, that's essentially where that lead came from. It came from a wholesaler that knew I was a creative finance buyer, said, hey, can you help me with this? And now I've bought, I think we're, we're on like the, we have seven total in the pipeline right now. And we've got, we're going to basically gobble up the rest of hers between Katie and myself. Katie, I don't know how many rentals she has now, but I think Katie, since she's met me, I think Katie's bought five rentals in the last like, 10 to 12 months or something like that, all creative finance, 100% creative finance. So um, the, let's, let's, get into, let's get into the property in Dallas real quick. So the property in Dallas I bought from um, Zach Shelley, another wholesaler who learned creative finance, brought the deal to me. I bought the deal from him. So what's your process on this property in Dallas right now? I closed escrow on it maybe two weeks ago. You then came up with some dollar amount and you send it to my bookkeeper and you go, Hey, I need this much money for what? Like what's your, what's your process and what, what are you going through right now? So I look at every room in the property. Well, I start with the number of bedrooms, bathrooms, all the rooms, the size, you know, so we get, so <clears throat> if the room can fit a King, you know, a lot of people like Kings. So we just look at the size of the room, we, we look at the layout, um, you know, a bed, headboard, two nightstands, two lamps, art on the walls. We just go bedroom to bedroom, living room. We see, so at the Dallas house, for example, there's a bonus room right next to the king bedroom. By the way, Zach Shelley has been amazing working with me. I basically hired him to help me set, set the unit up. So Isn't that Zach funny, dude? So Zach Shelley trying to get wholesale deals done, joins the, joins the mentorship. This was an interesting thing. So Zach Shelley joins the mentorship and he, like in his first couple of weeks, he's like, dude, I've got this seller that will sell to me on seller finance. What do I do? So I, I help him kind of walk through it, but you know, the training and all the other 
students were helping him out and all that kind of stuff. But his seller comes, goes to him and says, hey, I don't really think you have a lot of credibility. You sound kind of new to this business. Zach calls me up. He goes, dude, what do I do? And I go, what do you need? I'll, I'll give you a whole credibility email. So I go through this whole credibility email. And I tell the seller, hey, here's all the businesses I own. Here's all the houses I own. Here's all the proof that you need. And yes, Zach Shelley's my partner. Zach Shelley ends up getting the house under contract and then boom, sells the deal to me, right? So Zach gets his first creative finance deal done. Amazing. Then what's even better for me is that Noah, my Airbnb guy, goes to Zach and goes, hey, nobody knows the house better than you. Why don't you help me set it up remotely so that Noah doesn't have to fly out to Dallas right away? Or I don't even know if you will on this property. You think you even will? I will because I want to cut the ribbon and, and I want to make so I, one of my biggest parts is I want to make tutorial videos. And that's the biggest part that when I'm rushing, I don't have time to do. I want to right. make sure it's really done. Everything's working. Every appliance, the hot tub has to heat up properly. Everything. We make tutorial videos for the guests, inspection videos for the house cleaners and for our third party inspectors. We want to make these videos. And, and, you know, give it the splash. So I want to make sure it's all buttoned up and I will go out in the next 10 days. I'm going to go out and, and wrap up. Love that, bro. I, I appreciate that a lot. I think that's, um, I know that you have a training course now, your training course, like where can everybody, can you put in the comments? Can you type in the comments or no? I can. Uh, While I you type I in the comments, I'm going to throw up this property in Dallas that we're talking about so everybody can see it. So guys, check this out. Uh, this is the property that we're talking about in Dallas. Pretty cool. Um, you know, half a million dollar property. I think that, what, would, what do we buy it for? Um, I think we bought it for, for like 450, something like that. Um, top of the market. Oh my gosh. Top of the market, guys. I'm so afraid. Hmm. The reality is this seller gave us, uh, I believe, 2% seller finance. Dude, this is not what the house looks like either. These are really, really old photos like this faux paint and all this crap in here. This is not what the house looks like. It looks a lot better, but it's got a theater room. It's got a dope pool right on the back of a golf course. I mean, this is a really, really good Airbnb. Check that out right on the back of a golf course, guys. So um, anyway, Noah, you're setting this property up. I'm not sure. Did the did the seller leave like the pool table and all that kind of stuff or, or no? He did. He left the pool table. Hell yeah. Check that out, dude. That's amazing. So seller, I bought this house on seller finance. I've got a, I think I even, I either have a 15 year balloon or a 20 year balloon on this deal, but it's a big ass house in a wonderful area, right back into a golf course. So what Noah's saying is Noah's saying he'll go out there because he doesn't have boots on the ground that he trusts quite yet. That will essentially go through the house, set up videos, upload those for the guests. So if a guest says, Hey, the Wi-Fi isn't working or, Hey, I don't know how to turn on the hot top, hot tub or, Hey, the such and such isn't working or the oven, blah, 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 blah. Anything that's tricky, weird, or, um, the guests would really, really need. It sounds like you're going out to the property and recording those videos so that my guests on my properties, bro, you're unbelievable. That's so great. I don't have to do any of that. No. You should have five, you should have 500 freaking houses under management, like in the next couple of years. I will. I know you will, dude. I know you will. I, you're my guy. I, you've been, you've changed my mind on Airbnb. You single-handedly changed my mind on Airbnb and I appreciate that. So there's Ty right there. Ty, uh, Ty LG, we got Raphael. Good to see you guys all in here. So um, let's jump into 
that process. So you fly out, you're uploading those tutorials. Where are you uploading those to, to actually to Airbnb? Well, so I, uh, I make private YouTube links, private YouTube videos, and I'll put those in, in our welcome email and in our house manual on Airbnb. Easy. Super easy. So are you doing anything like, hey, here's some local hikes. Is there some local restaurants? You doing anything like that? Yeah, so I will. I will put some stuff in there. I do. Uh, I don't always. But if there are some attractions, I put it in. Freaking love it. Freaking love it. So um, who's helping you grow, man? Are you got partners? What are you, are you doing this all on your own? Tell me your growth, your growth strategy over the next couple of years. So I have right now I have one full time assistant and I'm looking to turn that into two and three. I'm right now I'm just figuring out the parts who to give what job to. Um, so my growth strategy, I want to build my ownership. I want to build actually another big part of this, as you know, is uh, the pipeline. So we're actually building uh, an incredible door knock team in the Bay Area and all of California. And we're looking for seven more door knockers. So that's a big part. It's all it's all connected. You know, we have to keep the pipeline coming. And and and, and all you know, my future is JVs, management, and and um and not arbitrage unless unless we get a, a private money piece to come in for that for that setup. <laughs> so tell me that on the JV stuff, you've got a lot of sub two students. I I see the guys talking about it in the Facebook group. I see people, you know, tooting your horn, which is amazing. Um with Raphael with um, Rudy and who's the other guy you're JVing on a deal right now? Gerald Rojas. Gerald, my guy. I freaking love Gerald. So these three guys, are they all in California or where are these houses? Uh, two are in California. So we have Fresno, Bakersfield and um, outside of Atlanta. So, love it. Yeah. So Noah, what I would love to do is let's look, let's jump into Sonnet, right? We've gone 23 minutes on this. I think everybody knows who you are. They understand why you're badass. They understand why I, I appreciate working with you. You do things other people aren't willing to do, which is a, a, an amazing business strategy. Let's jump into, you just sent me an email, right? You sent me an email not too long ago where you said, hey, Kamahai, good to see you, bro. So you sent me an email where you said, hey, um, I'm not sure if Pace wants to go through this or not, but you sent me a report on this property sonnet that we're about to go into the closing documents and the notes and all that kind of stuff, show you guys exactly what this property looks like. What is that report and why should I care about it? Because I actually didn't look at it. So the report, it tells you stuff about Glendale in case okay. you're interested. For example, Glendale is averaging uh, in Airbnb revenue, 800000 to a million dollars a month in Glendale. So we, we, um, it tells you that there's 112 four-bedroom units in Glendale. Okay. Yeah, it tells you that. It tells so I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now so you can kind of go through it for me. So this is the property. You've got it up on the screen. Everybody, hopefully you can see this just perfectly fine. Um, if you guys need me to zoom in on, on any of this stuff, let me know. So what am I looking at? Walk me through it. So I, I filtered for four bedrooms. You see on the left, it says number of bedrooms, four, yep. 110 active listings, uh, median listed price, 245. So I'm not looking at those prices. I'm just looking at the number of units. I will look at price stuff. So those are the four bedroom units in Glendale. Got it. Okay. The red colors are the higher nightly average prices. The blue is the lower 
So I, so, you know, there's stuff like, this is where our, our house is like right here, right in this little pocket, which is an awesome pocket. Is it good for me to have a lot of Airbnbs or not a lot of Airbnbs? Right in the middle. So, so if like, I, like it's per, like, like Phoenix is on fire, like the whole Phoenix metro area. I think it's great. I, I think once you get into huge numbers, then it can depress the prices a little bit. Like Berkeley has 3000 units. So, Damn. You know, so once the, you know, the numbers go so high, then it could kind of dampen the price point a little bit. So all right, I like cool. So this shows me my map. All right. So let's go through this real quick. I just want to make sure you guys get to see all this. And I actually don't look at these reports, which is amazing, right? I believe in hiring professionals to take care of things for you so that you can live your life and you can go build other businesses. So obviously no one makes money off of my properties because he does a killer job, but so this is new bookings. What does that mean? So scroll down to the bottom there and see it says March 2021. So people are booking March like crazy right now. Yeah. So we're still in February, but March is getting booked fast. So things are looking good. Basically. Okay. So bookings, crazy, dude. March is crazy. It's through the freaking roof over here. Love it. All right. So this is just bookings. Love it. What is this going to show me? So occupancy bookings and cancellations. So it's looking into the future, you know, to see if there's any big changes. And, and that looks about normal. You know, people only, you know, most 50% of people book with something for the next 30 days. A lot of people, most people book last minute. So it just tells you kind of what's going on. But you see there's, you know, there's not a big spike in cancellations. Like probably there probably was a spike a year ago from COVID. Okay. So that's the nightly average. So you see right there, 75th percentile. Yeah. So, so your property has a pool and a hot tub. So it's going to be on the, on the high end, you know. Love it. Yeah. So is that, okay. So that's price per night, 400 bucks a night. Right. And so, but you see, it, it goes down too. It goes down to 300. It's like three to 500, but those, but some properties have not, you know, there's a lot of people who, who uh, underprice their units. A lot of amateurs, they think, oh, well, this is, this is how much my house normally rents for. And they underprice tons of people underprice. Okay. So we're at, we're in the 75th percentile. Cause I've got a pool. I've got a hot tub. Um, I'm in a great area right by the freeway. It's a newer big ass home with big, big rooms. It's a great house. We'll go, actually a lot of the students from the mastermind have walked through this comma high. Um, I know you and your wife, Tristan walked through this property specifically. You, so you guys know how big this house is. So what's this all about? Let's see here. Occupancy. So that, oh, day of the week. It just shows day of the week trends. You know, Friday and Saturday are the highest. You know. Got it. Okay. So typically right now, are you seeing, it's interesting because the, the Airbnb that you have for me, it, in the first one you did for me was in Vegas. Okay. So the first house you did for me was in Vegas. And um, we had a tenant that rented that property for like 90 days straight, right? She's still there. So the same lady from 10 months ago? That's about six months. Six months. So she's been, holy moly. So she came, she needed a place for one month while she looked for a permanent residence. And she's just been too busy working to go find a permanent. So we, you know, we have all the utilities, all the furniture. So it's just easy for her to stay. Love it. Yeah. It's helped so her to stay for 10 years, bro. 
Right. So sometimes, and I call it, <laughs> I call it getting lucky. I call it getting lucky, but but honestly, getting lucky is is when uh, preparation meets opportunity. But the day me and Jose, me and Ho- Jose from NorCal, we were finishing wrapping up the Las Vegas house. We were flying back. I was like on the plane, uploading photos, listing the property. She booked it before I left town. She she checked in the same night we finished. We've had zero nights vacancy. Bro, that's amazing. That's really, really good. Yeah, that property, um, I that one nets me. And I thought that was going to be a really low cash flowing property at first. And it's been a really, really good property. It's netting me about 1500 to 1600 bucks a month. Um, which is great. Have, have we raised her rent or anything like that since since that or no? No. So she she came in at paying 40. She paid 4100 for the first 28 days. She And she asked for, she negotiated because when we have vacancies and turnovers, we lose a little bit of money. Right. So I wanted to negotiate a little bit. She, she asked, can she get a deal um, if we do another month? I think we're at 3600 bucks a month with her, right? We're at 36 now. Cool. So All right. I, awesome. You know, I, I, I let her get down from 41 to 38 to 36. And, and you know, we're not going to let her get any lower than that. So let so let's see. Um, this my question was, are most of your tenants, most of the people coming into your Airbnbs, are they coming in right now? Long term, short term? Is it just all over the place? Well, so I've all. So the thing is about the midterm, it is all over the place to answer your question. But a lot of units especially in these places, you know, people are coming to work. So Goodyear is doing amazing. Also, we had nurses in there for, for three months, things like that. People come to work. They don't need a one year lease with, and they don't want to buy furniture, but they don't right. want to stay in a hotel for two or three months. So this is like the sweet spot in, in between. So, so we, we, we like those, those six weeks and five weeks and three weeks stays, but we, we sprinkle in the gap. We fill in the gaps with one and two night guests, one, two, three, nine guests. So what is this um, rainbow chew gum looking graph? So length of stay, 29 days. So you can you can see here a lot of people are there. So they so this got this looks different than the one I'm normally looking at, but you can just I have to let me see here. Occupied nights. Oh, I, I see what it is. So um, the length of stay you've got. Some people, dude, holy crap. You've got a lot of people. The one days are really like not even non-existent. They're non-existent. It looks like the average length of stay is seven to 24 days. And you've got some pretty good three to four days. Pretty long, you know, it's long-term stuff, which is great. Yeah. So this is what you're showing me. This report is primarily just for Glendale as a whole, right? Right. Okay, cool. So four bedroom, but it is, I did put in, so some of it is tailored for four bedroom units. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, so this is just amenities. I'm sure you guys are going to make sure all that stuff is good. So cleaning fees, whatever. I don't care about that. Strict cancellation policy. Let's talk about that for a second. Only strict. I, I do strict only. You know, you can have it strict or moderate or flexible, but I only do strict. I've only, I've always only done strict because people might block your calendar and then all of a sudden change your mind, change their mind. So are you doing one with Kamahai in Hawaii too? Yes. So, and, and, and they are awesome. So I Tristan, love, dude, I love, I love Kamahai and Tristan. Right. So they reached out to me and, and we, ha- that place is listed and we already have the end of March and April booked already. 
and they're doing a, a light rehab right now and it'll open. They'll be done on March 14th and it will be people will be checking in on the evening of March 14th. Interesting. So you haven't even finished the renovation. You guys are already marketing this property. Yeah, it's, it's in March. March and April are booked already. couple already. of gangsters. I love it. We're, are we going to do that on Sonnet? Are we going to try and do that on Sonnet? Or is it going to be too hard? Well, the thing is, they already had photos, interior photos of that unit. Yeah, ours we, looks like crap right now. So, that, so you know, so we would, we could, but we honestly don't need to because, and the, and the thing is, the, the difference between Price Labs and Air DNA, Price Labs will give us like up to the day data. So we mm. were looking at fluctuations, like you saw how you saw March was up already for yeah. Lindell. Same thing. We They were worried a little bit about Hawaii, you know, because of COVID and such. And so we looked at it and it looked like people were already booking. Bookings were going up in Hawaii. So so that gave us some reassurance. So do you have any idea on this particular property of mine on Sonnet? Do you have any particular idea of where you think we're going to be Um in terms of monthly or nightly stay price, so we—it's just like what do you th what do you think our monthly gross income would be? Gross income on Sonnet. Yeah, let's oh. take it. Let's take it. Let's just take a wild stab in the dark. It's obviously you're not you don't know yet, but let's let's just take a wild stab in the dark. Six to eight k. Okay, so let's say seven thousand dollars. Okay, and I know that we're going to have some months you're probably going to be at six and then there's crazy months here in our our part of the year, like especially right now, Phoenix Open, you've got car shows, you've got every golfer in, on the planet wanting to come here. But let's just say we average out $7,000 a month. Okay, so let's, I'm going to break down, I'm going to break this down for you guys so you guys understand how this deal makes sense. Okay, so at $7,000, I know Noah, you give me a really good price on this. But what would be your average ma uh, management fee? Fifteen percent. So fifteen percent. So that would be what would that be? Fifteen percent of seventy five hundred bucks. That should be thirteen hundred. No, a thousand fifty bucks. Yeah, that's off the top of my head. So Noah, you would take a thousand fifty off this deal as a management fee. That's monthly, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And you're taking that money because you're receiving it first. You don't, I, I don't receive this money and then s send it to you. You literally manage all of that, correct? Right. Cool. So let's go through that process. You list, you put the property up there. We're going to take out uh, $1,050 and that's for Noah and his team. What's the name of your guys' company, Noah? Uh, my is Precision Management Services is my LLC, but but I'm Air, now I'm Airbnb Launchpad. Love that. Airbnb Launchpad. Okay. So you're a th that's my management fee to you. I'm lower than that because you give me a good price because I have multiple houses with you. Um, but let's say I'm at 1,050, okay? My payment to the seller, and we're gonna jump into this guys in a little bit, my payment to the seller is $1,800, okay, on this property. I then take a 10% amount of money on an Airbnb. So I put $700 a month to the side for um, just, let's just call it maintenance, right? Vacancy repairs. Let's just call it repairs. Cause there's going to be some time where Noah comes to me and goes, dude, we got to spend $5,000 on something. Right. And I'm going to have to come out with a, a little pocket of money or roof leak or this or that. We haven't had any catastrophes on any of these properties. Noah, do you guys handle that as well? Do you guys jump in? You guys call contractors, you guys deal with that or am I doing that? Yeah. yeah no, you, you could literally 
throw your phone away, you know. How do guys, how dope is that? Give this guy some freaking love in the comments. That's insane. Insane. Thank you. Um, thank you, dude. That's it makes my life so easy. And I talked about this with so many people in the mastermind recently, just finding the people that will allow you to go and build other businesses. So you don't have to turn around and look at what you created yesterday. You just know that that money comes in every single month, right? So, um, What's funny is just the Airbnbs that you're managing for me between the Atlanta deal, the Vegas deal, the Dallas deal, um, the, the couple of Arizona deals, those properties, most people could just retire on those five houses alone. Insane. That was done in a year. Not even a year. How long have I known you? Since July? No, probably. Let's see. I, I lived throughout. I, I met you in August last year. We launched Vegas in August. So I've known you since August. So August is September, September to October, October to November, November to December, December to January. Bro, I've known you six months. In six months, we got enough properties that somebody could completely retire off of the income. Insane. Now, I want to go spend $500 on sushi dinner. So this probably won't let me retire, but let's just look at it. So $700 in repairs, I would just say 10%. A good thing on an Airbnb, do you have any rule of thumb, Noah, is it five to 10% of your month, your monthly income should go to that? Just like an oopsie, an oopsie bank account, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I could say 5%. Okay. 5%. All right. So at 5%, we're at 350 bucks a month. Okay. Then I've got, I pay, you take the utilities out for me, you pay them all that kind of stuff. So I don't have to mess with it, which is amazing. So I'm going to put the utilities in here. I know it's Arizona. It's a big property. I'm going to put $600 a month in my utilities. It's a big house. And in summertime, dude, our, our AC bills get crazy. Okay. For anybody that doesn't, who, who, what, what do you guys think I'm missing here? What am I missing? Wi-Fi and landscaping. Okay. So let's put another $300 of miscellaneous in there. Does that fit? The, is that okay? Mm, perfect. Or should I put 500 bucks? No, I was going to say 100. Yeah. 100 for Wi-Fi. Maybe 150 for landscaping. We have a pool too. So I'll put 400 bucks in there for just miscellaneous stuff. Yeah. Okay. What else am I missing, guys? It's a seller finance deal. So what am I missing? Interest. Property taxes. There you go. There you go. So insurance and property taxes. So I, I know my insurance on this property is um, 90 bucks a month. And I know my property taxes in Arizona, we have really reasonable property taxes. I would say I'm probably 280 to 300, 350. So let's just go on the high end and I'll even do it at 400 bucks. Okay. So let's say $400 between insurance and property taxes. That is my, out of my PITI, that's just my uh, taxes and insurance. So we'll just do TI. What else, what else am I missing? Am I missing anything else? So cleaning is a pass-through expense. <clears throat> yeah. Cause you charge, you charge them, you char charge the tenant for that, right? Right. Okay. So, um, Horacio says furniture and repairs, but bro, I already got that on here. So that basically gives me about 30, that gives me $4,100 a year in furniture repairs and house repairs and stuff like that. I think that's probably good enough. Wouldn't you say? Noah, it what are your thoughts? Is, it is a big house. So maybe we could bump it up a little bit. Okay. So we'll bump that up a little bit. Cool. 
So he's saying repairs. Let's let's go to five hundred dollars a month. That means six hundred dollars, six thousand dollars a year. Do you think that covers any repairs or um, furniture replacement stuff like that? I think so. Okay, cool. One thing we're missing, guys, is I have a private lender on here, which we're going to go through here in just a couple of minutes. I have a private lender on here that gave me seventy thousand dollars to 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 do this deal. Okay, so let's let's go through this real quick, and I'll break down the the terms with the the private lender. So we're at a thousand fifty. Somebody's already faster than me. I can tell. I can guarantee you. Some Darren Talcott probably already has the number already figured out. So we're at. 1,050, 1,800, 1,100 between those two. And then we're another $800. All right, so that's 4,750 bucks a month, okay? So that's a negative 4,750 on my costs so far, right? And if I'm bringing in an average of $7,000 a month, now my management fee is lower than this, but this is just kind of an average management fee, guys. So I would be making more money than this, but I'm just going to help you guys understand this. So $7,000 a month, that means I'm making $2,250 a month before my cost of capital, if Noah was charging me a full price. Okay. So if I'm, if I've got cost of capital, let's see my cost of capital at $70,000 times point divided by 12, my payment to my private lender on this deal is $583 a month. So my net, can everybody agree that this is net? Is there anything we're missing here? My net on this deal is $2,250, subtract $1,567. Now, again, a couple things I want to point out. Noah's management fee for me is a little bit lower. We also kind of went middle of the road. Uh, the number when I, we originally underwrote the deal based on other Airbnbs I saw was an average of $8,000 a month based on how nice this house is. Um, I'm going to go conservative on this case study so that you guys can just say, hey, we're not going to the moon here. And it's also freaking blazing hot, especially with all the Californians moving, Californians coming here and they can't find housing. So they're all just booking out the Airbnbs, right? Like that deal in Glendale that that lady has, why, why are they staying so long, Noah? Are they just traveling nurses or what's the story oh, there? You mean the, in Goodyear, the first Goodyear, one. Yeah. So, so there were nurses, they left, uh, another nice family came. So it's, <clears throat> if I could screen share, I could show you the calendar. Like people, people. Yeah, like screen, the, screen share. You, can you? Nurses left, another nice group moved in. Screen share and I'll, screen share and I'll, um. I'll, I'll go back to my breakdown here in a minute. We'll break down the documents and all that kind of stuff. If you can pull up the, the stuff, let me know when you're ready. Cause I'll, I want to do a little more of this. Okay. Okay. So guys, let me know when you've got your, your thing popped up, Noah. All right, guys. So if I was, if I wasn't getting a great deal from Noah and I go really conservative on my monthly income on this property, I have a net of $1,667 per month. How many of these do you need to completely not have to work again? Think about this. Think about that. That's crazy. And six hundred. It's not going to be six hundred every month in utilities either. No, it's not. That's that's high summers, right? 
right? So Airbnb next. So a couple of good questions in, in here. So Kimberly says, yes, Arasio, great question. So Arasio says he must Arasio must have just tuned in, my bro. Um, we went through this, which is not a problem, but we'll, let's go through it one more time. How does Noah charge his one thousand dollar fee? He's charging a fee based on fifteen percent of the gross rents. So if we bring in eight thousand dollars, there will be months where we bring in nine thousand bucks on this property. Because think about it, there's months. Uh, the average price on this house goes anywhere between. Um, sorry about that. The average price on this home goes about three fifty to five hundred dollars a month, or five hundred dollars a day. And if you look at that times a 30-day rolling average, you're looking at anywhere between $10,000 to $15,000 in income. You can see how conservative we're, we're being on this deal by saying it's only going to be $7,000. And I looked at it and I thought I was being conservative at $8,000. So we're being ultra conservative at seven. So on this management fee, if you're a brand new client to Noah, you're going to get a 15% charge. Noah, you know... I, I've talked to other Airbnbs people, which is why I never wanted to do Airbnb before. And they all charge it. They I've seen guys charging as much as thirty percent of rents. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people charging twenty, and you're giving me a, a, a mad homie hookup. So anybody in here, are you charging me an initial fee, Noah? Which I don't mind if you are. Are you charging me an initial fee? I don't know. A two thousand dollars setup fee. Okay, cool. I don't even know, which is great, right? So you, what you're doing, Noah? You got that sheet? Oh, you mean the screen share? Yeah, yeah. So what's happening with Noah is Noah literally, I'll show you guys some of the emails. My bookkeeper will go, hey, Noah's asking for money. And I go, amazing. I'm so glad Noah did not involve me because Noah, Noah knows how busy I am. So he'll reach out to my um, bookkeeper. Let's let's check it out. Noah and Tony. Let's see, see if I can do a little um, screen share on some of this stuff. I see a, there it is. Waterview Parkway. I don't know if you have the management fee set up in here on your sheet, your Excel sheet. I would if it was if I if I was giving oh water well, what we haven't launched the Waterview yet, but I have uh, so so I didn't <clears throat> I didn't put that on there on that on yours. Okay, well on, on when you send over a report to somebody's bookkeeping, you should have a two, you'll have a two thousand dollars setup fee, right? Yes. Cool, which is incredibly amazing because the way I look at it is I go, dude, either A, you're flying in or B, you're getting somebody boots on the ground. You're getting furniture at a way lower cost than I ever could, which is crazy to me. It's crazy to me how good of a job you do on that stuff. All right, so what are you showing us right now? Oh, can you see my screen? Yeah, I can see it. Okay, so let's see. So this was the nurse. You see the, the nurses? Yeah. You see it says 49 nights. Yeah. They, originally, they were going to stay longer, but they had to change. They had to change their plans. And so they're leaving here on March 2nd. And you see other people are jumping right in. Love that. So we, how many days did we miss? One day here and one day here. So wow. March 2nd and 13th are going to be vacant. And and even when I'm vacant, so you can see, you know, February was was booked. I think, let's see here. I think it was vacant the first. So this was January. Let's go to December. So this was December, and we were we were probably vacant the first three days we went live. Got it. So I really haven't had any vacancy on that property in, in uh, Goodyear. 
No, three days, about three days. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So, um, yeah, very cool, dude. That's amazing. So this property on, that's the property in, I bought that from Tristan Trenberth, one of our students here in Phoenix. That was a lady that was in pre-foreclosure and I bought that deal from Tristan. It was his first deal ever. Not just first first creative deal, it was his first deal of all time. And then he went he went forward and did another sub two and then he went and moved into his own sub two. So he started cranking out. He, did, he had done three within like 30, 60 days, something like that, which is really awesome. Um, but let's pull up water view. So let me do let me do you guys uh, finalize this real quick. So if we go through this, you guys can see that I didn't use any of my own money and I'll, I'll pull up the documents. You guys can see the note. You can see the investor. We're going to pull that up here in a second. And on a very, very conservative basis, if I was just getting the regular charge he's doing, not using any of my own money, we're making on a very conservative basis, 1600 to and 16, 67 bucks. There's going to be months, especially when we hit that 10 to $15,000 mark on Sonnet, that we will probably make somewhere between eight to $10,000 net on an aggressive basis. Okay. So I think overall for the whole year, what we're going to end up doing is we're going to be somewhere around that $3,000 mark per month net. Okay. So if I'm making that much money on a deal, did I use my own credit? No, I did not use my own credit. I'll show you guys how that worked out. Did not use our own credit. We got a 2% seller carry. Guys, I'm going to show you the purchase contract as well, but think about this. This is a $497,000 home. If I was going to do this from a traditional purchase, a traditional purchase investment loan, how much money would I have to put as a down payment? And what would be my credit report that, or my credit score that I would need in order to get this deal put together? How much money? And I would have to obviously get a loan. So what, here's the other question. I've got one question. How much of a down payment? Question number two, what would be my percentage on that loan? And then three, what would be my minimum credit score to just buy the house? Who has a guess on that? Let's talk about that. And while, I've, I, while I have you guys filling in your, your answers for this, I'm going to see if um, we got any good questions in here, Okay. John says, do you advertise that you do any COVID type of cleaning, Noah? Yeah. So, so Airbnb has a, a box you can check that says you make all you make sure everything is sanitized properly. They have a Airbnb has their own COVID checklist for cleaning. So we just print that. We give it to the cleaners, make sure they're following it. Love it. Okay. Love it. Uh, guys, I'm loving the answers coming in because there's a couple of people that are completely, some people are like way off and some people are right on target. So I love seeing where you guys think you would be. Mm, interesting. Deanna, three per three to 5% down payment. So then remember, this is not owner occupied. I'm not living in the property. It's an I have to get an investment loan, unfortunately. It's non-owner non occupied. That changes what type of loan, um, what types of loans I can go out and get. Okay. Ooh, 
Love it. All right, cool. So let's jump into it. I'll show you guys exact I'll show you guys exactly what um I was a loan officer for a couple of years on a property just like this. I would end up having to put a down payment on this. And this is what mo most people in the Burr strategy do is when you get an investment loan, you end up being about 65 65% loan to value on an investment loan right now up to the max I've seen is 71%. And whenever anybody tells you, oh, I can get an 80% a, a, an loan to value, send them my way and have them prove that to me. They're so full of crap. And I, I almost want to pull up an email I sent somebody a couple of months ago. Let's see. I wrote her sucks in the email. Um, but that's so good. I, I get, I get these people that come to me and they go, well, I'm in loan. Oh, this is so good. I, I feel bad, but, um, it's very true. It gets really frustrating that you work with people and they come back and they say stuff to you like, um, oh, sorry. I know we told you originally that the loan was going to be 75% LTV. Oh, this is so good. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit rude on stuff like this after I feel like I've been manipulated. So I'm going to show, I'm going to pop this out to you guys. This is truly how every one of these Burr strategy loans goes. And when people are like, oh, Burr's amazing. You can get 80% loan to value. No, you can't. Show me, tell me, give me somebody that says they can do this and have, have them actually do it. Check this, check this email out. This is too good. So I've got a property that we are in the middle of doing a Burr strategy on. Um, basically, I, I send him an email or he sends me an email. He says, hey, Pace, this is October 20th of 2020. So this is fresh in my mind. This is why you guys have been seeing me on Instagram talking so much trash about Burr. He says, after I have attached a loan, uh, letter of intent for your information, being that we are revamping our long-term product and we are 45 days expecting rates to come in even lower, I've attached that we can do for you right now. 75% loan to value cash out 5.375% interest. So guys, look at that. This is what he's saying he can do. 75% loan to value. So that means I would have to put 25% down and they would give me 5.375. Okay. So I said, um, my email was, hopefully this isn't a bait and switch is what I actually wrote him. And he goes, no, no bait and switch. We really do these types of deals. I get, I go, okay, so you guys really do these deals or is this bait and switch? That's where he replied. So he comes back to me after he's pulled my credit. Check this out. This is after he's pulled my, my credit, which I have a great credit score, all that kind of stuff. He then comes back to me and check this out. I got to take this off of blue, unfortunately. Let's click down here. So he says to me, where is this bad boy? Right here. Boom. This is, so this is a couple of days later. This term sheet sets the terms and conditions in which blah, 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 blah. Total loan amount to be maximum 224. So now not to exceed 70% loan to value. So now he's already dropped at 5%. They ended up dro dropping this to 61%. Okay, 61%. Check it out. 
Rate 7.99% interest only. Estimated lender fees, origination fee, closing doc fee, all this crap that doesn't even that doesn't even include closing costs to go through a title company. So I came, I come back and I wrote him a big long email. Was not happy. I said, ouch, inter not interested in another interest-only loan. So sorry, man. Thank you for taking the time to put this together. How are you guys funding people right now if you don't have an amortized product? This is why I think Burr strategy is garbage. Lenders say they can do things, and then when it comes down to it, the product changes. Let me know when you have a product that can work and will not change during the middle of the process. No offense. I know my email will be read differently than my tone. I appreciate you tremendously. Thank you so much, but this is not what we spoke about. Go back to the first email. You wrote this. Hey, Morby, it's been a while since we last connected. Do you have any investment properties you need financing on? We now offer fix and flip loans up to 80%. Check this out. This is what he says. 80% loan to value with rates as low as 5.625. Drop me a line if there's anything I can help you with. Now you're saying they're not a, the product is not available, that is called bait and switch. Respectfully, this is why creative finance dominates the burr. Lenders are really just marketers. So guys, I, I'm not a fan of the burr because if I was going to go with the burr strategy, that is one of the most respected lenders in my town. Okay. Bro, why would I put a loan in my personal name? Why would I buy a property in my personal name on hell? I don't buy properties in my personal name. That's that's if you get in a lawsuit, good luck, man. You, I know I don't buy properties in my personal name. So if I go through and I'm using the Burr strategy on this deal, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that I'm gonna put in probably close to thirty percent down. Okay, think about this, guys. When you're going out and you want to go buy an investment property, not buying it creatively, thirty percent down on five hundred thousand dollars is a hundred and fifty thousand dollar down payment. $150,000 down payment. Then my loan type that I'm going to end up getting the best case scenario, this was just a couple months ago, is 5.6% interest. Okay. People that ter ter uh, teach the Burr strategy to put it in your own personal name, those guys, it's a garbage method. It's garbage. What we ended up putting down on this deal, let me pull it up and see if we can find that. And then we'll get into Noah, a little bit more Noah stuff. What we ended up putting down on this property is we I think we ended up putting down less than 2% on this deal. Let's pull up Sonnet's um purchase price or uh contract. Sonnet contract, here it is. Boom. All right, everybody can see this contract. I'm going to zoom in on it. Okay, so check it out. December 31st. There it is. Purchase price four seventy five. Close of escrow January first, eleven uh, January eleventh. Sorry, so we just recently closed on it. Da, 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 da. Let's go through this, and here's the additional terms. We ended up having a seller finance addendum on this deal as well, but check it out. How much money did I? What percent did I end up putting down on this deal, guys? Somebody do the math for us. Now, there's my down payment on a $475,000 purchase. The seller's carrying the note at $465,000, right? So here's, the, here's my note. My interest rate on that note is right here, 
And I'll get into this five-year balloon here in just a second so you guys understand this balloon because it's a little confusing. So the seller's giving me buy in your personal name. Bro, okay, so on hell. This is why people that do the Burr strategy have, a, you get into lawsuits, you have a problem. Guess what they do? When you deed a property from your personal name to an LLC, you now no longer have, what do you guys not have when you do that? All my students that know better, what do you lose when you take your deed from your personal name and you deed it to an LLC? What happens? What do you lose? Tell, tell Angel why that's not a great idea. It's a horrible idea, in fact. In fact, I have a tenant suing me on a property right now. There you go, tech. You know, anonymity. You guys know the drill. Do you guys, do you guys think it's a good idea to buy a property in your personal name and then deed it to an LLC? Or deed it to a land, con, a land, a land trust or anything? No, you lose all anonymity. So I have a tenant right now that's suing us for uh, pain and heartache. She... Uh, She's had multiple issues with previous landlords in the past. We just won the lawsuit, but now she's suing us civilly. But guess what? She has no idea who I am. She has no idea who I am. She's not going to go on my YouTube channel. She's not going to go on my Facebook. She's not going to find me anywhere. You look at my LLCs. You look up anything. You can't find out who I am. However, if you go on public record and you find out that I deeded the property in my personal name to an LLC, now you know exactly who owns that property. So you lose all anonymity. And that's super important for guys that have hundreds of properties. You do not want that. Absolutely not. Never, ever, ever want that. Right. So Medium Wave Dave says, might as well be walking around handing out your PIN code. So no, it is not a good idea to do that. A lot of my students understand that. Okay. So we bought this property for $465. Okay. Payments to the seller are $1,719 per month, 2% interest. And we put down $10,000 down. So Sal Barrera, thank you, bro. We ended up putting 2.5 per 2.15% down. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Now, check this out. Five-year balloon with the option to extend as long as it is in good standings. What that means is the seller says to us, hey, I've been burned before. I've sold my properties to some of my tenants in the past. No. Uh, why would uh, Gabriel, tell me why would I put them in a trust? A lot of people ask that question. Tell me why would I put that in a trust? What would be, what would be uh, doing a land trust help me? Sounds like a, I like Ron Legrand, but it sounds like a Ron Legrand strategy. Tell me why a land trust would help me in this situation. So um, on... This property, five-year balloon. Guys, what does this mean? With an option to extend. What that means is the seller says, look, I've been burned on these properties where I get these guys that buy properties from me on seller finance, and then they're late all the time, and I'm having to chase them and hunt them down for the payment. So as long as you guys are on time all the time, I will continually push the balloon out every five years. We'll keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. So all I have to do is be in good standing and I continually push this out to a full 30-year term. Does that make sense to everybody? Hopefully that does. So let's go back to that screen a little bit earlier. If I was going to buy this property with conventional financing, I would have had to put down with conventional, I would have had to put 
let's say $100,000 down, I would have had to plus my closing costs. $100,000 down, I would have probably had to have a 660 credit score, which I have a higher credit score than that, but I really don't use my credit um, other than getting Amexes and stuff like that. So you get a conventional loan, $100,000 down payment. Holy moly. This is why so many people have a hard time buying properties. Like where do you get a $100,000 down payment plus the $70,000 it costs to do the furnishings and the repairs and the remodel and all that stuff. So then the uh, down payment goes $100,000. And guess what? My average interest rate is 5.65% on a uh, investment loan. Does this sound like a great idea? Um, okay, so Gabriel says, I was, I was talking about when you sell the sub two, how do you give the new owner some privilege and keep it under our company name? I'm not quite under, I don't quite understand the question, Gabriel. I'm sure it's a really good question, but I'd love to ask, I'd love to talk about that a little bit more. I was talking about when you sell the sub two, how do you give the new owner some privilege and keep it under our company name? I'm not quite under, will you retype out that question, please? So this is a horrible strategy. This is a horrible way of going. This is why so many people have a hard time building a big um, portfolio. So we buy it creatively and we put $10,000 down plus closing costs. We then have to have, who cares who our what our credit score is? Nobody checked my credit. Nobody checked my bank balance. Nobody checked my proof of funds. Nobody checked any of that stuff. And then my interest rate is 2%. Which, which way would you guys rather go, conventional or creative? Not even half of the interest rate. So Victoria says, what if they want the full balloon at 10-year or 15-year mark? Well, my agreement actually goes through um, by it defaults. Yeah, so Victoria, great question. What if they want the full balloon at 10 or 15 years? Well, I'm um, paying my payments on time. They cannot call the balloon um, do at all. They can't call it due. Okay. So let's jump into it. Let's jump into the closing documents and we'll show, we'll kind of show you guys, um, the closing docs on this deal. Let's see, Jennifer, Jennifer from title Alliance sent me all the docs the other day. So here they are. Boom. Okay. Final settlement statement. So let's go through the final settlement statement. When was the last time you guys saw a full settlement statement? Let's see here. All right, so we closed escrow on this property. Let's find out. Who has not seen a, a, a settlement statement before in their life? I, I kind of get sick of these, but I, and they usually don't get sent to me. So settlement date means we closed on the 22nd. So that was about six days ago. We sold the property. And look, look at this. Loan amount. Check this guys out. We, bought, we got the property. And we have a loan from a gentleman named Karen Smith. Okay, second position, Karen Smith for $70,000. So the seller sold the house to me for $475. And the sell, I got a private investor that came in and gave me $70,000. Here's what's cool. The $70,000 paid for my closing costs. I didn't even have to pay for closing costs on this deal. Okay, so if you go all the way down, Look at all these costs. This is why, guys, check this out. This is why it's great to own a title company. I actually own this title company. 
Owner's policy, I got paid on that. Escrow fee, I got paid on that. Lender's policy, I got paid on that. Prepaid hold open, I got paid on that. Okay. All of these things I get paid on, paid on. Every one of these I actually make money on as the owner of Title Alliance. I am actually an owner. And check it out. Look at this. We actually prepaid our first payment to Karen Smith with his own money. How cool is that? Yes. The $70,000, the title company knows that that covers closing costs and the $70,000 covers all this stuff, Kelly, every single part of these costs. Okay. So we, we pay six months reserve for West star servicing right there. Six months reserves for taxes. We do all of that stuff a hundred percent and check it out. Guess what's left over for me. So I get a check at the end of close of escrow for $50,559. What do I use that $50,559 for? Set up the Airbnb. Set up the Airbnb and renovate the property. So Gabriel says that maybe this is a better question. When we sell a sub two to an owner and don't want to register their name in the um, CAD, I don't know what CAD is. Does anybody know what CAD is for proof of ownership? but we still basically own the home if they fault on any payments. What it, what's is correct procedures? I, I don't quite understand, Gabriel. I'm very sorry. So check it out. My private lender, do you guys see how my private lender, the $20,000, roughly $20,000, $19,441 of their money paid for all my closing costs, paid my $10,000 a seller, because check it out the seller ends up actually getting a check for $9,500 because there was things on the seller side. The seller had to pay for the notary. Seller had to pay for lien payoff fee. And the seller had to pay for back property taxes on, on the house. So the seller only actually got $9,500, but my lender paid that, right? So out of all that money, the lender paid that out of the $19,441, they paid all that. And then bada bing, bada boom, I get a deposit in my bank account at my um, LLC for $50,559. If you guys want to get a copy of the settlement statement, um, Kelly on my team is actually giving it to you guys so you guys can go through and look at it. So www.pacemorby.com forward slash settlement. You guys can get a copy of the settlement statement there. You can actually, I think she's giving you a copy of all the... Um, She's giving a copy of all the closing documents. Okay. So I then take that $50,000. So Noah, what do I, what do you think this is going to cost from an Airbnb standpoint, setting it all up? We gave a, about $11,500 estimate on the Airbnb. How much? About eleven five. Wow. That's great. 11,500 bucks, huh? Because there's there's already um, built-in range, stove. There, there's some appliances already there. Mm -hmm. So, and because you guys are rehabbing it now, you know, um, we're just furniture, furniture, digital locks, things like that. You know, the bedding, you know, all the basics. Hey, Don Donovan Richard, um, good catch on that. I was thinking she was talking about a land contract, not a, um, 
not a um, land trust. So no, I don't, I, we used to do a lot of lease options. I would say that, um, why would the seller sell their property using creative finance? Omar, that's a great question. Do you want me to go through that story real quick? This is an interesting thing because it, the, the question that Omar is asking, it tells me every, every time somebody asks me that question, it automatically tells me, I know they're not a student of mine. And then I automatically know they're just learning about creative finance. Okay. Um, which great. It's a great question that we got to go through all the time because I had a team a couple of years ago where I had a girl on my team, her name's Anna, and she was doing sales for me. She was having a hard time understanding. She's like, I can't grasp this. I can't close. I don't know why I can't close these sellers. And it came down to her not understanding what we deliver to the seller. So Omar, let me ask you a question. Why wouldn't she sell to me on seller finance? Why wouldn't she? The reality, she sold the, pro the, the property to me for full price. So she sold it to me. The house uh, value was $490 and needed a little bit of a, re a rehab. I bought it from her for $475,000 with no commissions, no nothing. She's going to get $475,000 plus she's going to get a 2% interest over 30 years. Okay. So she's going to get way... Bro, we all live in a, a very competitive market. San Diego, are you kidding me? San Diego is not as competitive as Phoenix. I can guarantee you that. I, I would love to go out to San Diego and hang out with you. And we'll, we'll do some deals together. Phoenix is by far, every guru on planet earth is here in Phoenix. Okay. So $475,000. Look, here's the re number one reason why a seller would sell to me on seller finance is I gave them full price. Right? If they sold their house on the market right now, let's go through that real quick. If the seller sold their house on the market right now, Omar, they would end up getting, um, because the house does need a renovation, we're going through and renovating the house. The seller is going to go through a couple options, okay? Seller one has to go through and renovate. So let's go through an, a market option. They're probably going to have to list the property for about 440 in an as-is condition. And you take out 10% for realtor commissions, closing costs, bins or repairs, all the stuff home warranties, et cetera, that seller is going to walk away with $396,000 in their pocket. Oops, my bad. I forgot to put this on the screen. Sorry about that. So if the seller lists the property in an as-is condition at 440, so Michael uh, Pudlow, I would reach out to one of my students. Okay. So you're, uh, you're not a student of mine. I can, I, I can almost guarantee that with that question. Um, my students know the answer to that because we record all of our calls with our sellers and my students can go see exactly how I've closed these. Like, Noah, how many calls have you watched me make to sellers? Hundreds? A hundred. Yeah, hundreds. So, Michael, I would touch base with some of my students because I would love to talk about that, but I, I'm running out of time. I've got another 15 minutes or so, so I got to wrap this up as fast as possible. Reach out. Michael, just say, tell everybody what market you're in and you'll have students of mine that will help reach out and help you out. Okay. Michael, Mike Higgins says, step one, join our tribe. Yes. hundred percent. You can join, join the tribe. So check it out. So 440, Omar, great question. Why, what you tell me, Omar, if you're still on here, why would the seller sell to me for 475? They get $10,000 in their pocket. They don't have to list it. They don't have to go through a real estate agent. They don't have to do any of that stuff. Okay. None of that. And they actually, over time, 
on a $475,000 amortized loan over time, they'll probably end up getting about 600 to, you know, they'll get closer to $700,000. So the seller is actually going to make $700,000 over the term of this deal. Why would they sell to me for three ninety six? You tell you tell me why number one why a seller would sell to you on seller finance. It's always number one money. Always number one. Seller finance dominates any other way for them to make any money. We, we pay them way more money. They give us the terms that we need in order to give them the price that they want, and because of that. I can turn around and make two, three, four thousand dollars cash flow on this one deal without any of my credit, without any credentials whatsoever. Nobody checked my bank account, nobody checked any of that stuff. And I was able to work with a wholesaler who brought this deal to me. I didn't even have to pay for marketing. Okay, so that's reason number one. Okay, reason number one. That's Omar. That's reason number one. It's more money. Okay. Sellers want more money. Omar, I, I'm gonna guess you're a real estate agent. Are you a real estate agent? Okay. Reason number two, why are they selling to me on seller finance? Because they have pain. Let's go through their pain. Their biggest pain, a lot of my students know this because we've told this story on other properties I've bought from June through Katie Fisher. June has a son. That son and June, they own, I don't know what they currently own now. They probably own another 60 houses or so. June does not trust her son to manage those 60 houses. Okay, she doesn't trust her son to manage those 60 houses. So essentially when she dies, so she's 91 years old. When she dies, she's going to leave these 60 houses to her son who doesn't know how to manage them. So she looks at this and she has this bright idea, right? Her bright idea is basically like, oh my gosh, like a light bulb. I've got this great idea. What if I sell all my houses on seller finance and all 60 of those houses actually bring in $120,000 in income to my son and he doesn't have to manage anything? You see the solution that we're providing to her, Omar? So here's the challenge. Do you think if she's worried about her son managing this, so somebody might ask, they go, well, why wouldn't she just sell all the properties for cash today? Well, because here's another reason. I'm going to give you the third reason, Omar. Let's go through this real quick. Hopefully that, does that help you understand that, that story of June's specific situation? And when you guys hear us gurus and all these guys talking about find the pain, find the pain, find the pain, that's what we're talking about. We found the pain. She doesn't want her son to have to manage that. So number one, seller gets way more money. So if that's not a good enough reason, we'll jump into number two. Okay, way, way, way more money on a seller finance situation. Number two, we found her pain. And that's a really huge reason by itself. If the, if the money wasn't even the option, she wasn't making any more money, she still would have sold to us because of the pain. The third reason is she actually avoids a lot of the taxes because she sells to us over 30 years. She doesn't have to pay the taxes in year one, okay? The fourth reason is because if she sells and gives all her cash, let's say she pays a massive amount of taxes on that, she then gives her son, her son a lump sum of cash. How fast do you think he will burn through that money? 
her son will burn through that money like nothing else. Does this give everybody a, a good, clear indication of why a seller sells to you on seller finance? Does that help everybody understand that? Uh, Leo, you're, I don't, Leo, I think you're on YouTube. So, um, you got to understand we're in three YouTube, we're in two YouTube channels. We're in three Facebook groups. We have 350 people watching live. So guys, thank you so much. 350 people watching live is awesome. Really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. So we're kind of running out of time. I want to go through the other, the other documents. If you guys don't mind. Does that give everybody clear understanding of why a seller sells to you on seller finance? My question now with everybody, when somebody says, hey, why would somebody sell to you on seller finance? My question is, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Yeah, Rick, uh, BYNY um, is a sub two student. He's down in Miami. He's an amazing guy. You should connect with him. Everybody, if you're a sub two student in here, guys, we've got 350 people watching live. Please throw up the sub two um, fingers and let everybody know who you are and what market you're in so they know who to reach out to when they want some help. They want to JV with you guys. Okay. And if you guys are looking to sign up, you guys want to know more about my mentorship. I rarely ever talk about it. I think we're sold out in like 41 states, something along those lines. But if you guys want to take a look at it, I will give you the link for it. And you guys can get on a phone call with my team. But I, what I would do is I would link in with my students. They'll help you out. Okay, so there's a link to my mentorship. You guys want to take a look at that? Uh, Sub2.com forward slash start. Pretty simple. Okay, Ton, tons, of, tons of students in here watching live. All right, so let's jump into, sorry, no, I'm, I'm ending up talking a ton and I had some really good questions here. I, I had to kind of jump off topic. So hold on a second. Let me jump on here and let's go into... Um, the other closing docs. Okay, so check it out. We've got uh, title docs to the buyer. That's for me. Recorded second deed of trust. Do you guys want to go through the second deed of trust, what it looks like when a private lender gives me money? Let's go through that. So check it out. This is recorded with the county. So if anybody ever um, invests money with me, you guys will see how this works. Um, this is a deed of trust, second deed of trust and assignment of rents. So you guys will see that affordable homes, AZ, which is one of my LLCs that we own, affordable homes, AZ bought the property and, um, title Alliance of Phoenix herein called the trustee whose mailing address is blah, blah, blah. Karen Smith is my private lender. Here it is. There's his address. There's his information. I'm sure Karen won't mind you uh, sharing this information. If you guys reach out to Karen trying to get some private money, be my guest. You got to have some credibility, I'm sure, to get some private lend lenders some money. So basically, this goes through and this talks about how much money do I owe him? How much, guys, how much money do I owe Karen Smith? And how much money, and this money is tied to which property? It's tied to the property that I, I borrowed the money for, right? So he has a deed of trust, which is secured against the property, $70,000. Okay, it goes through, talks about all of our agreement back and forth. It goes on and on and on and on. Look at this document. And then boom, notarized. And then where does this go? This actually gets recorded with the county, Maricopa County, where this property is owned. 
Now, if you go and look up this property and you pull it public record, you'll be able to see that Karen, my private lender, has that recorded second deed of trust in that position protecting it. Let's look at the note. All right, cool. So here's the note with the seller. Check it out. So this, you guys can see this right here. I, the seller gave me, I gave her $10,000 down. So I still owe her right here, $465,000. Beautiful thing is, let's look at, look at my interest rate. My interest rate is right here, 2%, right? And let's look at my... We have a separate document. I'm not sure if it's on here. We have a separate document talking about the balloon. Da, 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 da. There we go. Check it out. At the end of the note term, the borrower, who's the borrower? I'm the borrower. She's the lender. The borrower has, the, this is where you guys put all the additional notes and uh, agreements into your notes is that a lot of people don't see this because this is above and beyond the purchase contract. This is where you put all the additional terms in, right? So you look at this and says five years from the date of closing, at the end of the note term, the borrower has the option to extend the full term of 30 year amortization. Okay, so I, do I really have a balloon? It, it's not really, I really don't have a balloon. Okay, I really don't have a balloon. Pretty cool. So um, on this deal, my payment is $1,700 a month to that lender, and that will go for 30 years. I don't think I will ever sell this property. We'll keep this house for forever. I mean, it's a great house. I mean, by the end of the year, the property is probably going to be worth $600,000 the way the market is going. It's crazy. So if you guys want to get a copy of these documents, let me pop Noah back on here. If you guys want to get a copy of these documents, um, go to, there's a, there's a link there. It's, I think it's pacemorby.com forward slash settlement. And we give you these documents for free just so you guys can see. I'm, I'm kind of on this wavelength right now where I'm kind of sick of all these young kids coming into this space talking about wholesale and all this kind of stuff. And they're actually not doing deals and they're selling coaching courses. So I'm actually on this little wavelength where I'm calling these guys out and saying, show your HUDs. And I'm, I just had shirt, I'm getting shirts printed that say HUD up or shut up. Show us your settlement statements or don't talk. Don't throw out inspirational quotes all day long if you're not doing deals. If you are doing deals, then you should teach people. You should have a coaching program. You should, you know, get paid for your time and your experience. But if you're not doing deals, stop teaching people. So if you guys want to see the settlement statement, you want to see what all this stuff looks like, you want to see what the note and the deed of trust and all that kind of stuff looks like, download it. Go to, go to, um, where is it? Pacemorby.com forward slash settlement. You guys can download all those documents for free. Kevin Cho says who? Dude, I, I could go on for hours. I could go on for hours about guys. Um, all right. So um, Noah, what's the process on Sonnet? What, what, how much time will it take to, to get up and going? Because my thought is, especially if you come out here, my thought is what we do is we do a part two where you come back out here and um, we do a breakdown of what it costs, what you bought, all that kind of stuff. Maybe you can add that as supplemental info, info to your coaching program because you've got, let's put your link up here one more time. Um, put your link, do you mind putting your link up on the screen? Type it in there one more time. Oh, there it is. Airbnblaunchpad.com. Use code SUB2 for, holy crap, 50% off. That's insane. 
You sure you want to give them 50% off, dude? I do. And and by the way, if you sign up by midnight, you get an extra uh, a, a one hour one on one consultation. If you sign up by midnight. Love it. Dude, a one hour consultation? One hour consultation included, uh, you know, in addition to the eight week coaching course. And by the way, that is a way to make more money because if you can Airbnb, and especially if you're new, if you're new, you can save that 10%, 15%, 20% fee, whatever you would pay a manager. You save that fee by managing it yourself. If you're new, you can do it That's yourself. Amazing. I, I don't think I would ever want to manage anything myself, to be honest, but I, I do love that. I freaking love that. Um, yeah, so Arasio asked a really good question. You said, is the deed of trust available as well? Arasio, bro, you've been you've been following me for quite a while. Why are you not squatting up with my sub two students? I got sub two students making a hundred to to $200,000 a month just JVing with people. Just JVing with people, dude. Why are you not JVing with other people? Yes, you. the deed of trust is there, man. Download it, please. It's for you, okay? Uh, Jess Williams, I have a question about bankruptcy and sub two. I can bring in my bankruptcy attorney next week if you want. We can talk about that next week. But today, um, Sunday service is an hour and a half long, so we got to wrap this up. Noah, bro, thank you so much for coming in here. Let me just shout you out one more time because I'm going to have you come back in here at some point um, coming up. Let's see where her thing is. She's got it right here. Uh, Kelly's great. Do more deals like this and learn about Airbnb from the pro. I do, guys, I agree. Noah Hoffman is the pro. He is the dude. I'm going to use this guy, my partner, Cody. He's like, this Noah guy sounds too good to be true. And I go, get on the phone with him. You tell me if he's too good to be true. Look at my P&Ls. Tell me if he's too good to be true. Bro, I appreciate you tremendously. You're a, a consummate professional. And I, I can't thank you enough for, for being here tonight with me and giving value to everybody else. You know, we've had, um, we're down under 300 live viewers now, but at one point we had 350 people that showed up for you two weeks in a row, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pace. It, a lot, I owe a lot to you, you know, and I appreciate you. Hey, that's, that's what we do. We do deals together. I want to, I want to run with people that are also running and I appreciate you. You, you jumped on it. You showed me how much you were willing to, to, to earn my business. And guys, I can tell you there's very few people that I will vouch for. Noah Hoffman's one of those guys that I will vouch for. All right. Um, so guys, thank you so much for Sunday service. Give me a couple ideas as we wrap up. What do you guys want to talk about next week? I've got like five topics I want to talk about, but I want to see what the audience wants to talk about. Jess Williams says, is there a number you can give me that I can call? Auction is in a few days. Yes, Jess Williams, what I would do is I would email my transaction coordinator at constantclose.com. I would go to constantclose.com or, okay, Kelly wants to give you our team's phone number. Uh, you guys can, te uh, Jess, text my team, 480-819-9295, and my team can help you out. I don't know what area it is. Aracio, what part of Texas are you in, man? I got a bunch of students in Texas. I'll give you my students in Texas. Where are you at? Jess Williams, if it's in, if it's in Vegas and the seller's interested in sub two, I'm a buyer for it. That'll be another property for Noah to manage for me. Reach out to my team, please. Aracio, what city in, in, in uh, Texas are you in? 
The coupon code is not working. Can you let us know the coupon code again? The coupon code is PACE. P A no, or no sub sub two. Sub two. The coupon code is sub two, Gabriel. Or I think it's Gabrielle. <clears throat> I'm sorry if I've been saying it incorrectly. You guys want to talk about other exit strategies next week? We want to deep dive on exit strategies. Let's talk. Let's give me, I'll go through exit strategies with you. We could go through a whole bunch of dope ass exit strategies. You guys tell me what you want. Let's go through it real quick. We could go through, we deep dive, we deep dove on sub two a couple weeks ago. Okay. We could do, we just kind of did seller finance, even though we could go deeper on seller finance. We could go through more of the paperwork. That's for sure. Um, we could do lease options. We could do novation agreements, but I kind of, I, I like keeping novation agreements inside my mentorship. It's something that nobody, you can't find anywhere. Noah, did you know, I just found out, we just tallied up the number. Um, did you know that our students just in the last nine months of the mentorship have done 3 million in profit on novation agreements just from the students I've been able to track that have done novation agreements in the last eight, nine months. I had no idea, but um, I know Chuck Billy and Ty LG just signed another novation agreement. Like um, I think it was yesterday. Crazy, 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 crazy. The first novation agreement that was done in the mentorship, it was DJ Martin for $88,000. So dope. Um, so we could do novations. We could do uh, note investing. We could do subtail. Do you guys want to talk about subtail? We could talk about, uh, let's say, group homes. Do you guys want to talk about group homes? We could talk about um, corporate rentals. We could talk about um, Section 8. That's, a, that's an exit strategy. We could talk about a whole bunch of stuff. So you guys tell me what you want to talk about. Gabrielle Rosa, I think you just need to go back a couple of weeks. So John Cantanzaro, uh, that is correct. Novation agreement is something that's been around for a very long time, but I would say I'm probably the only person um, out there talking about it and doing it. Um, so I probably won't talk about novation agreements on Sunday service. I'll keep that kind of inside my mentorship. If you want to work, at, if you want to work with some of my students, um, just say what area you're in and my students will reach out to you and talk about uh, what a novation agreement is and help them or help you. But what I want my students to do is I want my students helping people and JVing with them and making money. And recession-proof investing through Section 8. Angel, I love you, man, but you're a Burr, you like the Burr strategy, so I don't know if I want to take your, I don't want to take your topic. Um, I just Section 8 my townhome in... Um, Maryland making $1,000 a month. She moves in tomorrow. That's amazing. Okay. So, um, Glenn says three, six, seven, eight. Okay. So I'm not going to talk about, let's see, lease options. All right, let's do lease options. We'll do lease options next week, guys. Topic is next week. We will talk about lease options. We'll deep dive. We'll talk about some of my case studies, properties we've done recently. And uh, we'll deep dive on that kind of stuff. Bro, Noah, you're the freaking man, dude. All praises to you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I, I appreciate you guys. Have a great night. Um, we'll see you guys next week. We'll talk. be talking about lease options. Oh.